This is episode four of the Matt Thielen podcast, and here's my guest, Paxton Nelson. So Paxton, uh, how about that storm last night? Was it pretty bad for you guys? Yeah, it was pretty bad out here in Spicer, Minnesota. I was on my way back from St. Cloud and thought I was going to try and barrel her all the way home, but had to make a pit stop at uh, Painesville. Actually, kind of funny story to start. Uh, some guy was like trying to bike, and I was like, hey, do you like need a ride? Like, it's getting pretty bad. He's like, yeah, that'd be nice. And then he actually let me um, come to his house and chill out there for like 10, 15 minutes. So that was nice. That is pretty sick. Classic Paxton, just making friends, dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I guess we can just get right into it here, sort of. I think I have some pretty good questions for you today. Uh, has baseball always been your favorite sport and was college baseball something that had always been a goal of yours or was it more recently or later in high school? Uh, no, actually baseball has not even been close to my favorite sport my entire life. I grew up a hockey family with my dad and uncle and hockey was always the main thing that I enjoyed doing. I grew up on my pond right out in my backyard of my house, just like every typical hockey player but then high school came really started enjoying baseball didn't really get any looks for anything for uh hockey and then I went to Riverland Community College and that's where it all started well, but gotcha. hockey was hockey was kind of my number one for a while I still love it but started to really enjoy baseball now that I've gotten into it through college gotcha yeah um you mentioned you mentioned you kind of have a, for people that maybe don't know, you have like a calf injury. Um, I'm not even sure exactly what it is, but uh, how is that, did that? Has that affected your like athletic career at all in, in any ways? Um, well, yeah. So I got, when I was three years old, I got ran over by a lawnmower by my grandpa, uh, which he uh, felt obviously very bad about it. Somehow, luckily, just took the, most of my calf muscle off so i had to have a skin graft 56 stitches um it was a long process like two years it took me to get back in business to walking around actually but it honestly it never really affected me in older ages at all which is obviously very lucky probably shouldn't have a leg to this day but yeah hasn't really affected me besides like weight lifting i get my left calf gets really sore at times gotcha that's that's interesting that is pretty lucky i mean obviously it's a bad situation but like you said it, it is almost surprising in a way that like i wonder like because i don't even know how they would re reinstall essentially like you know muscle and everything like that if that's what got you know ripped up yeah yeah it was obviously because you think about even if you got your leg caught up in a lawnmower now, like some Chad Musser calf, it would still, uh, still <laughs> tear it up pretty good. But yeah, for a little three-year-old stick legs, it was unbelievably lucky. So, Chad Musser's calves would probably break the lawnmower, to be honest. Probably. The blade would probably just snap at impact. Uh, uh, speaking, speaking of Musser and Crookston, um a little more in depth, maybe. How did you actually end up at Crookston? What were kind of your high school and junior college like baseball careers like? You mentioned you didn't get a ton of looks for hockey, but obviously you ended up at, at Crookston. 
Uh, yeah, I, uh, it was like, it was kind of the same way for both. When I went to Juco, it was like middle of the summer, didn't know what I was doing. I was actually going to go to South Dakota state, maybe play club baseball, just go to school there. And, uh, then I went to the Riverland and then I played three years there. I had a lot of division three looks, but nothing. I've always wanted a goal to play division two baseball when I, started playing juco ball and then that summer came around i talked to quite a few coaches and then i was actually uh at the college world series maybe a few uh beers deep at the games and coach gus called me and uh yeah from there on it was uh going to crookston but it was my only option so pretty thankful for that opportunity that i've gotten to go up there well, and it's pretty great that you know you always love accomplishing goals, no matter how no matter how they yeah. happen. So it's pretty great great that you were able to yeah uh, get to a D two school for sure. Pretty awesome. Um, who are your favorite MLB and college baseball teams? And I, I know you like college baseball a lot. Do you enjoy watching college more than you enjoy watching the MLB? Um, you know. I think like more so like the tournament play of college baseball is really fun to watch. But I mean, you get those SEC matchups even in the regular season that are pretty electric games, like those old mess games when they hit a home run, big home run, and the beer showers come. Like that's pretty sweet to watch on TV. And yeah, I like old mess probably like when they come out in those baby blues, it's pretty sweet to watch their games. But even that whole CWS experience just going there it was like i went it was my first time last summer and i'll go every summer from here on out it was uh pretty fun didn't i didn't really care which teams were playing it was an unbelievable experience my opinion have you ever went i have not no and i've honestly for being someone who really enjoys baseball, like playing it, I've I don't I've never really gotten into like watching it. In in person is definitely one thing. I've been to, you know, a handful of Twins games and stuff. Um and then obviously like when I was growing up watching my brother play in college and, and town team. I've always enjoyed that. I feel like when I actually knew the players in person, um it's 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 different for me. But even watch like I try to be a Twins fan. Like, I obviously care about the team, but in terms of, like, watching the games and, like, some of my favorite players in the league are Ozzy Albies and Dansby Swanson have been two of my favorite players for the last, like, five years, probably since Dansby was at Vanderbilt. And then Ozzy I liked because I was actually in a massive um, fantasy baseball league. And when I say fantasy baseball league, like, you guys have no idea what this entails. It was a guy... <laughs> Thomas Breach, who worked at St. Cloud State, um, uh, he was the guy I knew there for guys on the team that know I knew a guy from St. Cloud. He was the one, and then now he actually works uh, in Cedar Rapids for the single single A Twins. He's their play by play announcer. Sure. Hopefully, he'll be the next uh, Dick Bramer. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's honestly he's he's on on the right path. But he ran this thing. And he had Excel spreadsheets for everyone's, like we had like a rule, whatever is it, rule five draft. We had like a regular draft. <laughs> we owned rights, quote unquote, to high school players, uh, college players, any guys that were like available. So I had Ozzy Albies was one of my first picks back when this was probably 10 years ago when he was like 16. 
I had, and actually it was Ozhano Albies was his name before he was <laughs> even getting called Ozzy. Yep. And uh, I had, so he was like a highly touted prospect of mine. And then our league ended like five, six years ago when uh, Breach actually started being affiliated with some like sports things. So he couldn't like technically didn't do it and it was getting to be a lot of work and he asked me if I wanted to take over and I was like it's never going to be the same if I'm doing it like so that's <laughs> Dan, Dan's I was a complete bandwagon when he was at Vanderbilt but Ozzy yeah. Albies is actually a, a, a we go way back he just doesn't know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I really I, to meet him yeah maybe I mean you go maybe. way back you're my boy maybe I'll get him on the podcast yeah holy crap that'd be sweet eh Exactly. So that that Braves middle infield, I really like, and I even Braves like they were in the World Series last year, and like I couldn't even. I just sitting down and watching a baseball game on TV has just never been my cup of tea. But I think a College World Series would be like you said, it's a pretty electric environment. And that definitely, yeah, is you, I have to try. Yeah, you got to go. It's no matter if you like baseball to watch it or not. It's like the games are just an electric from inning one to nine like the atmosphere that stadium is like got like a major league ballpark feel but it's a little bit smaller so everything's so close together yeah it's awesome gotcha um do you have a favorite like mlb team is it the twins or anyone else um i to be honest i mean obviously minnesota sports tough to tough to follow them like the wild (laughs) last night that was a real beauty so uh but the Twins, but I like the Blue Jays. I'm starting to – they're a good team. I've always liked when uh, Jose Batista was playing there and Vintage Donaldson there. It was always a fun team to watch up there in Toronto. Gotcha. But, you just seem like a big Canada guy, eh, too? I mean, the way you yeah. like hockey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't really like uh, – I like a few can- Canadian hockey teams, but those fans up there are something else. I would like to go watch one of those games up there with those psychopath people. That would be that would be something different for sure. Yeah, there's some uh, stories I know. Like, I know a few people that one of my few of my uncle's buddies that played up in Canada pro in the pros. Uh, like, they would lose, like, be losing, and their whole fan base would start booing, throwing beer cans on the ice, just like. They're ruthless when they lose those teams up there. It's bad news. Like it's they like only that. want their teams to win. It's like who is it in, in the states? Uh, the the team that they always say has the most diehard fans. Uh, it's football. The B- Bills fans, right? Is Bills, that, yeah. Bills, yeah, Bills yeah. Mafia. Bills Mafia. It's like that only probably an actual mafia. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Are you? A fan, I guess this can be baseball as a whole or just maybe the MLB. Uh, are you kind of a fan of the direction that the sport is heading? I know there's been a lot of you know rule changes. They, they got rid of the um, or they added the universal DH. They obviously are talking about like electronic strike zones. Um, they have the pitch clock now in, in college and I believe in MLB. Uh, are you are you a fan of some of those rule changes, or if there were any changes that you'd make, why would you make them? Um, I'm more of a old fashioned. I like the game how it is. I don't mind the pitch clock stuff like that. But then, like you're seeing this stuff on the internet, like guys that are taking too long in the box, 
uh, getting called out. Like I just saw that one video. The guy didn't even really take a too long of a time. He didn't like the strike. He kind of stepped out and then boom, he was out. Like I think that stuff's kind of ridiculous when you're going to that aspect of it. When guys, just because they're taking another, what, 10 seconds to get in the box, like, come on. It's not a big deal in my opinion. But, yeah, the whole bases thing, I don't really like that. Bigger bases, stuff like that. Uh, Electronic zones, I'm not a huge fan of that either. I like it the way it's been, you know. There's meant to be mistakes. That's how the game's always been, but nowadays everything's starting to change, which not much you can do about it. But what about uh, what's your thoughts? You said you're kind of more old school, um, especially on the rule changes. But what's kind of your thoughts on like there was all the controversy over like Tatis last year? You know, I mentioned this in Zeke's podcast as well. Uh, you know, swinging a three zero pitch up by whatever, hitting a home run, like. What's your thoughts on that? Are you like that old school about it or more so just on the rule changes? I mean, I think that's the game. I mean, if you're going to throw a middle-middle fastball to one of the best hitters in the league, like that's the game of baseball. It's there to swing at it. It's not really his fault that he can turn around a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and hit it to the opposite field part of the park for a home run. I mean. If you didn't want that to happen, you shouldn't have left a middle metal fastball to him. What's sure. your thought on it? Uh, that's like that's, on the three zero. Yeah, I mean that's I agree with that. Like there's, there's in my opinion, obviously there's unwritten rules, but the unwritten rules I feel like a lot of the times are like more for your own team. Like for example, uh, you know you shouldn't steal. Uh, I should only take don't steal third or like with one or, or three outs, like the Cardinal rule, whatever, like you typically yep. want to steal if there's just one out. Yep. Like that stuff, like that's something where like, if you do it and you get, if you get, if you're safe, like who cares obviously, but if you do it and you get thrown out, like it's kind of like your own team is going to be it, Matt, like your own team is going to be pissed at you probably. Like, yeah, it's not yep. somewhere the other team you're, you're supposed to go light or like play soft. Like it's obviously one thing, like, if you're up by like 10 runs and you're like stealing bases. But the thing is, is in the MLB, like they, it, it's just stealing bases is not as quote unquote, like efficient as like high school. Like it's one thing, high school is a little different, right? Like kids aren't getting paid to play. Like there's, there's a exactly. little more of like, all right, don't be, exactly. don't be that way with it. But in the pro it's like guys are getting paid a lot of money. Like Tatis think, you know, a lot of guys have bonuses if they hit 30 home runs, 40 home runs. Like Exactly. I was just going to say that. Yeah, they're doing what they're doing what they can to put up numbers so they can get paid. Like it's, you can't really exactly. be mad at them for trying. And it's like Tatis, he was in that NL MVP race. I mean, that like so you're just going to so you want them to get out just because they're up by I don't remember what they're up. I think they're up 8 or something. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what. And I want to say it was. was like, I want to say it was like seven. So like, it's not even yeah. like it was a fifteen. I mean, ball. like it was. Uh, I mean, he did hit a grand slam, which. But yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, you don't want him to do it. Don't throw him a cookie fastball that you know he can hit out. Barry Bonds and put him on with bases loaded. Maybe should have. 
they didn't want him to do it. I agree. All right. So uh, we've also obviously mentioned hockey and how you've you've loved that. Um, you you have roots in hockey. Your dad and uncle both uh, were drafted into the NHL. What kind of were their paths through the sport? And then also, did you ever feel like pressure as a kid to like really excel as at, at hockey because of that? Yeah. So uh, my dad was like your typical. All he did was hockey. He like he didn't party in high school. He didn't do anything besides hockey every summer. All he would do is roll rollerblade around our big lake here in Spicer with a pool ball and stick handle around the lake and just a diehard. He was in high school. He was a four year starter. He was actually a senior year, the best player uh, in the state, Minnesota hockey player of the year, which is pretty cool accomplishment for himself and uh, ended up getting a full ride to Duluth play division one hockey. And uh, he didn't have a good career there at all. He, I mean, he'll tell him he's told so many people like that. It's such a change from being the best player in the state. To, I mean, I think he had like a handful of points in two years he played there. And then, yeah, he ended up getting drafted late eighth round or whatever and went over to Finland to play in the national tournament. And he actually blew out his knee there. So that kind of ended his career for uh, uh, hockey just because the medical stuff wasn't very good back then it costed so much money to get those surgeries and stuff done so it kind of ended there but i mean hell of a career to him not coming from a town of i don't know ten thousand people maybe in the area to go in and play in division one hockey to get an uh, opportunity to get drafted in the nhl was pretty cool in my opinion but and my uncle he um he was like a different path. He bounced around leagues. He was uh, he was a good player though throughout high school. But he he ended up walking on at the University of Minnesota, and that's where he ended up getting drafted. And then he turned into like an enforcer. He fought a lot of guys. I don't know if you've ever have you seen the movie Enforcer on Netflix? Uh, I have not. No. It's. I know you're not a hockey guy, but it's a pretty cool. It's not even about. It's more like the mental aspect of those type of people, where gotcha. they struggled through drugs and drinking because I mean they back back in the day they're fighting at least one time a night, and it just beat up on guys mentally. But it's pretty cool. My uncle actually fought a few guys there in uh, juniors in uh, the farm league through the den or the. Colorado Rangers back then so that's pretty cool in my opinion and he also he played a few games actually like technically in the NHL the minors but yeah so pretty cool I never back onto that question actually he uh I never really had the pressure my dad was actually he probably should have pressured me more to force me to do things and work harder I was just a raw at hockey I didn't I didn't have to try, really. It was just all natural talent, which I was good at. The reason why I was good. But my dad just let me do whatever I wanted, uh, which I'm thankful for at the end of the day because you see nowadays parents push people so much and over the edge to pursue a certain thing that they maybe want as parents. But my dad didn't really do that for me, which I'm 
grateful for at the end of the day. Say that's that's kind of nice. You know, you obviously you never want to have the 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 parents try and you know live live a second like you know a second round through through their kid and by force exactly. to do that exactly which is uh yeah i'm grateful for the way he did it even though i probably could have played at the next level in hockey if i actually put the effort in but uh at the end of the day i'm doing what i love now i'm playing baseball but yeah for sure um so what about current hockey got a favorite I'm, I'm guessing I know your favorite NHL team being from Minnesota, but do you have favorite college teams as well? And then same kind of question. What's, what do you like watching more uh, NHL or college hockey? Oh, uh, well, obviously my favorite college hockey team is Duluth with my dad, obviously playing there growing up, watching the games and uh, uh, college hockey for sure is the atmosphere, just like college world series. I mean, Going to like Duluth games, St. Cloud State, uh, Minnesota, watching those games, especially when they're like, like when North Dakota comes to the University of Minnesota, like those games are absolutely electric games. Uh, but the NHL playoffs, you can't really beat the NHL playoffs. It's uh, just the atmosphere every time, every game, just watching it on, watching it on TV, like AirPod fell out. Tommy, you there? Oh, uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. And we could hear you right. still, so you're good. Oh, good. Uh, but uh, college hockey, I don't know. I love watching hockey in general. I could watch regular season games. Just the speed of the game is so much fun to watch. And at that high level, like they play, it's crazy how there's guys that are that excel at, in the league with how fast it's getting to be nowadays. If you had to. Like, say you had to pitch your case for why hockey is the the best sport to watch to someone like myself who just I grew up playing basketball and my town didn't have hockey, so I've never never been huge into hockey. I I respect the Wild and obviously like root for them kind of, but I don't really care. Uh, what what would your kind of pitch be for why hockey is like the the best sport to watch? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've kind of had these debates before in school, but uh, it's just so fast. I mean, for one, you're on blades and you have to be so agile and balanced skating around, especially when you get to when you're able to hit, it plays a different part in the game. But uh, and then you're you're passing around a little puck that you can't just keep your head down and looking at it because you'll get your head taken off if you do that. It's just so fast. My dad always used to say in high school, you have probably a second to decide what you want to do with the puck when you get it. But in at the NHL level, you probably have a quarter to a half a second to decide what you're going to do with it. And at that speed, it's just ridiculous how these guys like Connor McDavid are like standout guys now where you can like visually see how much faster and better they are than everyone else in the league. I mean, it's kind of like, like Owatani right now or trout, like these type of guys where like they're visually better than pretty much everyone on the field, which is just crazy how guys can are able to do that. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, this is actually cool. You brought that up. Cause I've actually been reading some books, uh, 
on why one of them is called the sports gene, and that's probably the one that I'll reference the most here. Um, and it's kind of reading up on like what makes the great players great, essentially, like what makes college players better than high school players and what makes pro players better than college players. And then what makes those guys like, um, you know, McDavid in the NHL, LeBron in the NBA, Tom Brady in the NFL, and, you know, say Otani in the MLB. And it's actually like, a pro- essentially, it's a process called uh, chunking. And I don't know if you know about this or not, but it's... No, not aware. It's also in uh, chess. It's pretty, in a lot of things, I guess, in uh, sports. Um, and essentially what that is, is everyone thinks it's reaction time based. Uh, so, like, think of hitting a baseball. I'll use that example. Everyone talks about how, you know, you have X amount. I don't know the exact numbers. Like, 0.4 seconds maybe from release to the ball hitting home plate on a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, something like that. And you essentially have to decide in, like, 0.15 seconds. And it's like, how do these guys do that? And what it actually is is the the repetition. So, you know how we have game sense? Yep. So, that sort of thing actually can help a lot and for people that don't know that's like video kind of trying to represent you being in the box against pitchers and seeing pitches and the the process of chunking is essentially putting together uh pieces and in your visuals putting together all your visuals that you can see and then knowing what's going to happen based on that so essentially what it is is like the greatest mlb hitters you could flash them an image of like a pitcher mid windup and he's going to be able to tell you way more, uh, way quicker and also more accurately, just based on a quick blip of a picture, um, how, uh, what, maybe what pitch it is, where it's going to be located, uh, all that sort of thing. And they brought it up in, in chess a lot too, where the best chess players of the world, essentially they'd, they'd flash it, they'd show a novice player. So someone like me, I've played a little bit, but not really that much. I could see a picture of a chessboard for a minute two minutes and i have a pretty good memory and i probably wouldn't be able to memorize the whole thing uh they've shown you know above average chess uh chess players aboard for 15 seconds and they can maybe it'll take them 30 seconds total to be able to memorize the board and they've shown those same images to the grandmasters and it'll, it's like a half second blip and they can memorize the whole board because think of remembering a sentence you can re- yeah. remember a sentence that's actually a sentence, probably twenty words. If I if I had if I read one off to you and had you try and remember it, but if yeah. I just read you twenty random words in a row, it'd be way harder to remember that. So yeah. that's that's the whole idea of chunking, essentially, and that, that's actually kind of what you brought it up in hockey, and I'd never really thought about it in hockey before. But essentially, they're seeing it and just able to. Uh, discern and and make decisions based on their environment so much faster, and that's a big part. Yeah. Of it. You have to have the physical skills, but that's kind of the the brain aspect that goes into. Yeah, that. I think it's it's almost like what you're saying with like this game chain game sense stuff is like uh, you're almost developing like instincts before they even happen. You know what you're gonna do, and before that's, it even happens, it's like repetition to where your brain gets trained where you don't even have to think about it anymore. It just, you do it. And that's, yeah, that's exactly right. Because, you th- I mean, you think of, like, hitting hitting an off-speed pitch in baseball. Like, you don't actively have, really, you don't actively have time to think, like, oh, that's exactly. a good ball. Okay, I'm going to hit it. It's just, it has to be instinctual. And that's, the best yep. players essentially have the best instincts. 
Exactly. Yeah. Which, um, go ahead. No, no, I'm good. Uh, what's your thoughts on current hockey, similar to the uh, last question or the with baseball as well? Kind of, I don't follow hockey as much. Are there any major changes going on as far as like the, the way the game is, is shifting at all? Are you a fan of those changes or is there not a whole lot going on? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, there's actually a ton of changes. Uh, well, for one, fighting is not a thing barely at all anymore. I mean, you'll see. I've been I've been watching all the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. I I think there's been one fight, if I'm correct, all playoffs. And uh, it's just more so that teams are now looking for more speed, skill guys. It's developed to that where the speed of the game just doesn't almost have room for these enforcer type guys but for example like like Wayne Gretzky the greatest hockey player of all time back in the day he would he would get traded with this I'm not sure I can't remember his name but he was an enforcer and he wouldn't go without him to these teams if he was traded because let's say if Gretzky got hit he got hit pretty good like that guy immediately was there and he was fighting that guy that hit him and nowadays, like you see, like I was watching last night, Kirill Kaprizov, our best player on the wild, like he got crunched down in the corner and then nothing happens. Like he just gets hit like the best player just gets drilled and then nothing happens, which like 10, 15 years ago, like there's 100% of fight going on after your best player gets taken out like that. It's these best, these good players now are more like liable to being hurt like that because back in the day you didn't like Gretzky didn't get touched no one hit him hard because they knew they were going to pay the price if you hit Wayne Gretzky but nowadays that's not how it is like Sidney Crosby it's one of the best players to this day he's had like four concussions just he's he gets rocked now and he no one pays the price for it which is tough for those very high skilled guys that's but such that's a one... go ahead no yeah i was just saying that's one thing that was that's heavily changed throughout the game is just it's more high skilled guys than slower uh enforcer type guys in the league um that, that's interesting and yeah i don't mean to cut you off but obviously you both know oh. it's it's a little more difficult when you're not in person to judge when people are going to be done talking <laughs> no no it's all good um, it, it is actually really wild. I've never thought at all that much about hockey, but that is actually something that's really interesting where they were literally like, yeah, like you didn't, it makes perfect sense. Like you didn't want to check Wayne Gretzky, not because you were worried about a foul call or something like basketball, like, cause you straight up were going to get in a brawl with the dude if you did that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. there's something so like almost like primal, like about that. That is tough. Yep. And I wonder if it actually, obviously, I'm sure the emphasis is on safety and whatever. Like, that's how all the leagues are going. But I wonder if someone did an actual, like, in-depth study, you know, and had and had accurate measurements of analysis for this, if it would actually, if it's actually decreasing injuries. Because, I mean, I'm sure they're worried about whatever, the CTE stuff and football, yep. like, that sort of thing with the punches. Like, I get that. But also, like you, like you mentioned Sidney Crosby, I remember when I was younger, even like 10 years ago, 
because uh, Crosby's been in the league for a while now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was younger and Crosby was like running the league, but he was like he was like the Byron Buxton for yeah. different reasons, obviously, that he's getting hurt. But it was like this dude had all the talent in the world. He was going to be the next Wayne Gretzky. And then he was like had a concussion like every other week. Like it was insane. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that sort of thing, you know, like you said, it's just really fascinating to me that like, yeah, Gretzky didn't go anywhere without his his dude that was going to back him up. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's. It's cool because there's no other sport that's really like that. Yeah. You know, you have linemen in football that are going to, you know, they'll shove you or something if you hit their quarterback late, like Brady, that sort of thing. But yeah, it's not a straight, they're not straight up swinging on you like hockey. Like that's almost yeah. cool. Yeah. And back in that time with the Gretzky period, like it wasn't just like, like you were going to drop the gloves and fight. It was like, you might get just t- your head taken off. Like, obviously, the consequences were not nearly as, like, you would nowadays. Like, they were, like, cheap shots. Like, if you took a shot at Gretzky, like, you might not even know something's coming because you're going to get your head taken off at some point during the game, which is just crazy to me. You wonder why he had so many, so much success. Obviously, his instincts were ridiculous. Uh, So, like, you can, like I was saying, uh, the pads and stuff and the sticks curves on the sticks it's way different compared to back in the day but still regardless of what he was doing and how many points he was putting up every day is still unbelievable um yeah so in case people couldn't notice we had just kind of a little bit of a disconnection there but i think we caught up right right where it happened so we should be good um so in, in kind of general in sports, one more question here before we kind of shift gears. Uh, how much, how, how do you think Gretzky would do in like in the league today? How much do you think the skills of players in, in all sports too, you know, like think of Babe Ruth in baseball, like how much do you think the skills of players in sports has uh, increased over time? Cause I, I, I think there's no doubt that overall it's increased, but like those best players who are ahead of their time, do you think that, the difference now has to do mainly with the equipment because obviously that's way better, like you were saying, or is it the skills and training from a young age? What are kind of your, what's your opinion on that? Um, I don't know, honestly. Uh, for me, I think baseball is way different in my opinion compared to like, like let's say Babe Ruth hitting nowadays. But at the same time, you could have the argument like he would adjust to that because he was good. Like, it would be even like, I know Barry Bonds, there are still hard throwers like in that era. But uh, I think baseball would be tough because there wasn't as like hard throwing guys with the spin rates nowadays that are just ridiculous. But like Wayne Gretzky, I think he would honestly be still one of the best players now. I mean, you got to think he would still have, he would have all this nice equipment now if that's what you the part you're playing into it. And uh, I think he wouldn't, I honestly think he would still be one of the best, if not the best still, if he was playing in today's era, because he was still playing the same game as like these guys, like the McDavid's are now where he's just flying around. He's fast. He knows what he's going to do before he even does it. But baseball, I feel like it'd be a lot tougher for those guys to play in today's game. What do you think? What's your opinion on it? Yeah, I'll give you my opinion. One question. Uh, when did Gretzky play again? What was like his era? Oh, the 1990s. Okay. 80s. 80s, 90s. And then did he get into the 2000s or no? Um, 
Yes. Uh, I don't know, actually. Okay. That's a great well, question. Gives Some me a rough. 90s, 90s. Okay. 80s, 90s. Yeah, so I've done some... I had a theory, and I don't know that it's for sure more of a hypothesis, I guess, technically speaking, but I kind of ran for baseball, the MLB, the because how is essentially, I thought to myself, I was like, you know, how has the world developed over time? What has been the driving factor for innovation, essentially, in the world? And it's, it's money in the United States. Um, so I looked at the maximum salaries of the the highest paid player in the league from the MLB since 1874, I believe. And I ran a graph uh, chart on that and then made a, created a, you know, like regression model essentially for that. And actually with the, the we call it the Matt's stat or whatever, but like with those advanced <laughs> stats that I've been making, I might have a piece of it where I build in this, this regression model for us. It's essentially like a, a skill development model over time. Sure. And to keep things short, like what's that? What that's shown me, based on salary anyway, is that the theory would say that skill hasn't changed a ton in the last two decades for MLB, because essentially, sure. like A Rod had a a salary that in today's money, because obviously it's all factored to today's level of money. Like Babe Ruth was getting paid in today's money. They talk about him having a small salary, whatever. Well, he was still getting paid. I think it was like two million or a million or yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't small by any means, but it wasn't thirty million. But uh, in t- in today's money, A Rod in like two thousand started getting. That's when it really started to take off. There was a takeoff. I think it was in like the sixties, which was probably due to inflation in the United States as well, and then also in like the two thousands. So like guys like Barry Bonds, for example, I think Barry Bonds would still. It, maybe not dominate quite to the extent, but still be a, a very, very good player in today's MLB. Whereas yeah, like I Babe agree. Ruth, I don't think you can necessarily say the same. That's my opinion. Yeah. And then NBA, yep. I mean, the average height of players has gone up like two inches since like the 70s, I think, yep. roughly. Uh, NFL, you know, guys, my dad always talks about like Jim Brown being the best running back ever. Well, he was like 230 pounds, and he's bigger than half the linemen in the league. Like, yeah, that would not happen now. So, like football, no. I think is kind of the same way. But you could also make the argument, like with quarterbacks, they weren't getting protected like they are now. So yeah. there's a different argument to be had there. But I've also read uh, some articles on track athletes and guys like Jesse Owens and Carl Lewis, I believe, was the other one that you know. Remember which one was? This, I believe nine five eight, and like all the best sprinters will be like in the nine. Sevens, not a little oh, bit of mechanics. I'm sure, I'm sure guys back in the day would be running. Pro- I'm sure there'd be guys that could run faster than he would than he is with all the training and mechanics behind it. Well, you think about kind of the the average human, especially the phys- their physical ability. I feel like has declined uh, for sure. Like you know, with oh, obesity yeah. rates and like just with technology not having to do as much the elite athletes have gotten better but that's primarily i would say due to technology like the gear the training the recovery especially too that they have so exactly it would for sure be interesting uh to see uh let's let's switch gears a little bit now um you're obviously a big outdoors guy uh you mentioned a wild yeah. experience over christmas break uh, deep sea fishing i believe in in mexico care to share that story with us yeah well i've never to be i probably seem a little bit like a baby with that kind of stuff because i was never i've never been on the ocean 
but uh it was actually my first time going in it like out in a boat but uh yeah uh went out we left at like five in the morning and uh I knew because I looked at the weather because I obviously with being an outdoorsman, even here, like like going duck hunting on these big lakes like Leech Lake, where you pay attention to wind and uh, stuff like that, where you and I saw it, I'm like 15 mile an hour winds and we're going 30 miles out into the ocean, Gulf of Mexico. I'm like, well, a little bit sketchy, but and I'm like, well, these guys do it. And we went out there and we went 30 miles out. And these were rollers, man, like middle of, I, it's hard to explain because it's something you almost got to be there to see, but we were in this not above average big boat and it was like an older captain who's been doing it for a while. So that part of that, I was like, well, okay, this guy knows what he's doing, but yeah, it was an eight hour deal. We bounced around in these huge rollers for eight hours and there's one point where one of my buddies actually caught a he had a barracuda on and they it was the first fish we caught so i don't it seemed to me like the captain was kind of he almost like forgot about what we were in because you know how you go out on a boat and you know to like hit waves head on or ride them you don't like go across them yeah because you know what i'm saying greater risk of capsizing i would guess yeah yeah and uh but this guy, he had a he had a route where he wanted to fish, and it was across the waves the whole time. And he actually, we got he got this fish, and we stopped, and we started spinning around. And at one point, the the whole boat went funk. We went like uh, it was ridiculous. Everything on one side of the boat flew to the other side. I and I was inside the cabin, so I didn't actually see how close we were, but we weren't far away. And I actually convinced myself I was going to die out in the ocean that day. Which and this is for all you listening. This is Paxson's not a very like I wouldn't say he's a very soft uh, individual. He's pretty <laughs> pretty ballsy in general. And this is uh, so this yeah. is saying some. Did you say there was like no other boats out there too? Right? Yeah, there wasn't for I mean probably for like four hours there was no boat. And I was and also one other thing about that is I figured, you know, when you'd get on a boat, especially like I'm not dumb, like I know a big boat from a little boat. And I figured, you know, they would like show us where maybe life jackets were in case I know it's like not a great chance that it would actually happen. But like, I don't think there's a life jacket on the boat. Nice. And I found one, there's one of those ring floaties. And this was early on, I actually got a little bit used to it because I figured if we hadn't capsized by now, we weren't going to. But uh, I sat by this ring for like two hours straight. I was like, I don't, they were, my, my girlfriend was making fun of me. She's like, get out here. It's not even bad. I'm like, I am not leaving this ring because if we go down, I will be the one to have a chance. So it was kind of funny, but I was a big baby. It was uh it was an experience. I mean, now that it was over, I will never go again. I don't care if I waste $500. I will not go if there's wind like that again. But I mean, now looking back, it was, it was fun, but it's a, it's kind of a different experience when you're out 30 miles where, and there's this wind it's swirling. You don't, it's not coming from one certain direction cause it's in a Gulf, you know? So it was, it was an experience. Yeah. Gotcha. What's uh what's your dream hunting trip and then also your dream fishing trip, each separately and and why? 
So I'm kind of like the opposite of the typical person. I, uh, I'm a big turkey hunter. That's what I actually enjoy to do most. I mean, I've been up to Canada shooting snow geese and I've chased those things all around. But uh, I really would like to complete a grand slam at some point in my life, which is killing all five different species of a turkey in one calendar year. So it's, you kill, there's Easterns, which are around here, Merriams, which are Westmore. There's Rios, which are South, Kansas, and uh, Oklahoma. And then there's uh, Oscillateds and uh, Osceolas, which are mostly down, way down south in Florida. Like you can only kill an Oscillated in like the Everglades of Florida. So I would really want to accomplish that. That would be my main thing if i would do want to do one thing it'd be that which i think would be pretty sweet in my opinion it's a little different because most guys would get be like oh i would love to go to the rock to colorado and shoot a big bull elk which in my opinion would be stupid fun as well but yeah turkey hunting shooting a grand slam would be pretty cool in my opinion you got yeah um, you're into bow hunting quite yeah i feel like i'm sure you you made a good point there where a lot of guys would think immediately of kind of like big game more. So, um, I don't know if I have a dream. I know my brother, he's actually bigger into hunting than me. I don't know if he's as big as you, but, uh, he's also bow hunting, um, for, you know, white tailed deer is what we like up, up where we're at. And, uh, his has always been like, I think New Zealand for like a red, uh, for red stag, I think is his. Yep go to i don't know it's funny because when i was younger i've never been a huge uh fisherman like i've been fishing before but like it's not something that i really enjoy a ton uh, I, th- I just kind of get bored but if i'm with buddies or something then that's obviously different but I, for some reason like a blue marlin fishing trip has always been yeah. something that i've been like if i'm rich one day and like can j- just have money to spend that's something i'll do i feel like but it's not something i'd go out of my way to try and get done I feel yeah. like that'd be cool, but in terms of a hunting uh, trip, I don't know. I mean, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan and, and Jocko Willink. I like them, and they always talk about yep. how sweet, uh, like you said, elk hunting would be. So I don't, maybe that'd be something, but I think yeah. moose actually would be pretty sick too. I'd have to say. Yeah, up in the Yukon. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd probably be my go-to. Yeah, that'd be God, that shit would get real going up there and doing that stuff. You're not in your territory there. Which no, would be cool to experience that kind of stuff. Those guys like Haynes and stuff, you hear the stories they have of encounters with grizzlies and stuff. That's yeah. You gotta be say, you're in grizzly territory. Yeah. You're not in your stomping grounds, you're in theirs. But uh for fishing, uh I would really love to go like to Alaska and fly fishing and catch like big salmon out of these rivers. I think that would be a really cool experience to go up there and just in more so just to go up there and like see the environment and nature fishing up there would be a once in a lifetime obviously to be able to do that but yeah you were saying those blue marlins actually when we were out deep deep sea fishing my girlfriend actually we were targeting sailfish and she had one on we actually had a bite on one and it was so cool like you know the videos you see of them jumping in the air like i saw yeah. that it ended up getting off which it's actually hard to get them in mm-hmm. but it was pretty cool to see it jumping around it jumped like five or six times out of the water it was pretty sweet 
How big was that one, if you had to guess? I don't know. I mean, it was big. It was big. I mean, it was I yeah, six feet. Yeah, okay. Six feet, probably seven footer, maybe. It was a big fish. I mean. That's wild. Yeah. So that was pretty sweet. Been cool if what? she got it in, but. Uh, speaking of fishing still, what's the uh, shorter question? What's the best fishing lake in Minnesota? Best fishing lake? Least, I mean, uh, Minnesota. Besides Travers, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. If you're targeting big fish like Malak, like you can hook into big fish on Malak, big walleyes, muskies. Um, I, I mean, you could consider like the Lake of the Woods which isn't really ours, but it's connected to it. Uh, being like just overall the best fishing you can get. So I would probably say if you're targeting big fish, I mean, Red Lake's good. Malax is good. All these bigger lakes. Red Lake is obviously one of the better walleye lakes to go to, especially in the winter, ice fishing. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, so a little more... A little more of a theory question here, but it comes to outdoors. But uh, as an avid outdoorsman, what do you think of the current state of hunting and kind of fishing practices in your area and the United States as a whole? Like you've mentioned uh, before some issues with anti-hunting and kind of how that affects the environment. So is there anything you want to elaborate on there? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's kind of opinionated with people of, that are anti against killing and stuff like that in that matter. But uh like for example, I know that it was talked about on uh the Joe Rogan podcast where uh uh like in New Jersey like deer are so overly populated because no one kills them. Like it becomes a problem in the environment because there's so many and it actually harms the deer population because like as you know like like killing a big deer, like maybe he has bad genetics, like his, he's growing weird. His antlers aren't growing right. Like if you don't kill him, he passes that on to the next generation and it, it doesn't help anything with the deer population, like killing, like there's always that thing where like a big bull elk, like you don't, if you don't kill it, something will he will die of old age and then wolves will get him like he will suffer more when you kill a big old bull elk he will suffer more at the end of the day than if you take him and let's i mean like guys eat elk for a year a full year they get enough venison for you to eat a whole year it's worth where i don't think people understand that aspect of it where a lot of people think it's harming the animals but it actually helps because it's it's a version of population control in a way where if you overpopulate, it becomes an issue for other parts of the environment. They, for example, they get limited resources of food if you keep if there's so many of them, it becomes a problem from them, and then they will legit they'll just starve to death, and then they'll die, and then predators will get them for that aspect of it. Yeah, the reality of it is is that human life and and a lot of this is coming. I recommend the podcast uh, episode, Joe Rogan one. I know you listen to it, um, Ted yeah. Nugent. Yeah, listen to the Ted Nugent one if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, it's a big about hunting, obviously, and the reality of it is is that 
Oh, my computer just went down. The human life is so easy to survive compared yeah. to animals. Like you mentioned dying of old age, the animals, if you don't kill them. Well, the reality is, is they're not dying of old age. They're going to starve because they there's yep. no to feed them if they can't get around or have a broken leg or something like or they're going to get eaten alive by you know whatever predator is in the area like yeah that's the reality of it so when you're talking about people that are against hunting like what what are you for then are you for the mass slaughter of animals that are going to get you yeah, know, exactly put in the store and, and you're going to be able to buy at the grocery store then because they didn't just find them on the ground like yeah exactly and just, uh, interesting that people will that you know it's not like it's not like i know everything by any means even though many people think i act like it but right on the head yeah it's like for example like another argument a lot of those these people have is like you're you're making them suffer well have you ever seen a pack of wolves uh kill a like let's say a caribou like they eat them from the ass to the head like these these animals will lay on the ground suffering for and they'll pick and choose when they want it they'll eat them they'll let them sit there they might bleed out obviously but you want to talk about suffering a heart shot with the bow is not uh causing an animal to suffer like uh like when a pack of wolves get after uh like a cow elk or uh yeah yeah for sure like they that's suffering and i don't think people really understand that aspect of the way that we are taking them and it's like there's that there's the picture of that it's just they're all killed for fun that it's it's not for you but i i everything i kill i eat for example obviously there's certain things like that like ducks where they're not really good to eat pure so you make them into jerky and stuff like that like I think it's more the big picture for people is that it's you're just killing them because you it's fun to do, which yeah, it is. But at the end of the day, they're not just finding like a ditch. Like they're going somewhere. Like it doesn't matter if you're making them into jerky or not. It's still you're you're using them. Exactly. And those guys that shoot the elk, you know, they're they're feeding yeah. like you said themselves for a year. They're giving it to, you know, if a lot some I know Cam Haynes talks about when he hunts on if it's like village land or like native land, like he, you know, he's giving st- stuff back to the, those populations like this, it's not going to waste. There, no. You obviously have exceptions, right? There's people out there, but there's exceptions for everything. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, so do you have any other hobbies outside of baseball, hunting and fishing, like that you really enjoy doing maybe outdoors or indoors? Uh, yeah. I mean, I really love playing golf one of the things i work at a golf course in the summer so i uh really enjoy uh playing golf all summer long it's such a hard game and it's funny because we go from the sport baseball so tough mentally on you and golf my gosh is it right up there with it i it's crazy to think about like tiger woods how he like took over the game like how you're so good just day in and day out of playing the game of golf i mean you hit one bad shot i've i've hit one bad shot around and it just ruins your 18 holes like just one of them because you get mad you get pissed off you're like oh and then it just ruins your whole hole and these guys that can succeed at that game is 
really fun to watch i even and it's such it's like a baseball where it's boring but like i love watching golf it's so memorizing to me where you can just like how these guys just consistently hit good shots they drive the ball 300 yards next shots on the green putt for birdie boom on to the next hole like they make it look real easy but it's not that case at all yeah talk about the the game within the game playing against yourself sort of an idea like it's crazy exactly oh i was gonna say one more thing about that uh hunting aspect or the animals is other thing is people what people don't understand is how much animals like vegetarians for example like they don't understand like when like your food like vegetarian type food like they don't when you spray chemicals into a field do you know how many animals die like rabbits uh, anything that are in their insects if you want to even go that far they all die in that field from the chemicals that are sprayed so it's like they almost think that it's uh what they're doing is completely humane, which in reality, things die the cycle of life in everything. But we can move on from there. I just wanted to say that too. Well, one last thing, since we're going to kind of be getting into some theoretical questions now, uh, I could throw in that there's some people out there who would make the argument that like plant life is also conscious in, in a different way. <laughs> this is getting way out there, but in the way that they communicate and, you know, can do there's some crazy stuff if you look into like what oh yeah do and there's people that would argue that then so at what point now then are we just not no are we just no longer eating like yeah yeah. exactly that's what i'm saying yeah so uh last night i was trying to think of you know some good theoretical questions for you or kind of philosophical sort of things because i like to talk about that um so what are your thoughts on cloning slash like recreating you know like a woolly mammoth or something that's just an example but extinct animals would it be ethical then to bring extinct animals back and allow them to be hunted for sport oh geez that's a uh, as you know i'm not really a thinker like of that stuff but it's crazy to me like the t- technology that allows us that we would probably are able to do these type of things in the future but i don't know if it would hurt or help or it'd be like cool or amusing to people because in my opinion this in my thoughts behind like what you would say like a mammoth that they would recreate it but for me like that wouldn't be as like cool as if you saw like a real one like you know what i'm saying well i mean it would be essentially real yeah but but it's but it's created from uh like technology in a way yeah like uh but I don't know, but would you think it would just be if you would create these mammoths, let's just stay on that topic for while we're at it, like, would they just be like put in zoos to where you would just be able to go see them like, holy crap, like there it is, you know, or would they actually be like introduced to the wild again? I think there'd be a whole another level um, of inter- being like introducing them to the wild. Like that would be a difficult task. You think of all the factors that go into that. Like, yeah, not I don't only know, does the I habitat have to be, it has to be a supportable habitat for them, but yeah. also like, how is it going to affect all the other animals that live there? Like that's, that's oh, crazy. It, to would, think about. it would affect them majorly. I think like, <laughs> I don't know. You think about, because like, if you're talking like dinosaur type, stuff like those like when there are mammoths there was also way bigger creatures like predators for example would be Saber like two your, tigers yeah it would be like your wolf your your tiger to an elephant and it's except at a way bigger scale 
And uh, I don't think that, I don't even know if they would, they would die. I think there would, there'd be no way of dying for them unless you were able to hunt them like that. Cause I don't think their things could kill them. It's like, I you mean, don't yeah, even Some see. of those are like, you think of an elephant, like African elephant are like, I'm, I'm going to guess a little bit on these numbers, but I think they're like, some of the backs on those can be like 12 feet, maybe. I think yeah. the biggest ones. And yeah. mammoths, you're talking like some of the, the biggest mammoths. I'm trying to remember is it, it's the great, the great, I think it's the great woolly mammoth is the biggest. Yeah. And it's like 22 or 25 feet. I actually went to a museum uh, when I was in, I believe it was Nebraska. And they, it's actually like the, it's like the woolly mammoth like museum, <laughs> capital museum of like the world or whatever, because there was a lot of, that's, where they live modern day Nebraska is where a lot of woolly sure. mammoth. Um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? The bones or whatever the Yeah. The artifacts or whatever that were. Yeah. Have been found, found the skeletons and whatnot. And there's ones that are like, yeah, you're standing there looking at them and they're literally 25 feet tall. It's like, Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a modern day pack of wolves. I don't even think they would mess with them. Like, yeah. They're, they're not dumb. They, 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 kill they can kill. They don't, they don't typically pick fights where they don't think they can win, which is, it's, I don't know. I don't think they would be killed other than old age. Maybe at that point, if they were like, like visually struggling, like maybe like something would try, but I don't even know if that would be a, a pick or a fight to pick with that thing. Isn't it just insane to think like, this is kind of off topic, but just think of like the, just the magnitude of those things. And then you think of like those dinosaurs that with the, the long neck dinosaurs, I can't remember if those are the, it starts with a P. um, Oh, uh, the, they were, uh, they were uh, herbivores, right? Yep. Yep. They're Um, something asaurus, obviously, but yeah, I don't remember the name. Those things, like I believe, they're two hundred feet. Some of them, head to head to tail, like tip yeah. of tail. Yeah, like that is nuts. Uh, it's ridiculous. You see, like it would. It's hard to even imagine it. That's honestly. like two blue whale lengths. Yeah, it'd be like a, it'd be like a giraffe. Like times, I don't know. Seven five. or eight, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, like. I mean, those creatures are massive. Like, imagine just all of a sudden one day just driving around and you just see something like that. Yeah, it'd like be, you'd, it'd you would. Be you wouldn't believe what you're seeing. Um, so, what do you think? Pain and suffering. Do you think they're necessities to in order to have a happy life? In order to in order to have happiness, or do they just get in the way? I think it's a way of life pain and suffering. I mean, you could even say it in uh like human life. Like there's so many people that they struggle. Everyone struggles at some point in their life, whether you're uh 20, 30 to when you're a younger kid, maybe you had a rough family life or you just didn't have the opportunities as others did. I mean, it's all depends on the way you look at it. Like I don't know, I was just looking at that Cameron that Haynes post he had today where uh, he's basically was saying like some people didn't see me at my lows, like four people saw me at my low and look at him now. Like he's, he's like an icon and like obviously the hunting world and uh, 
just as a person working out, he drives people to better themselves that way. I mean, I think it's part of life. Like everyone's going to struggle no matter what. Nothing's easy. I agree. I agree. What do you, uh, what do you think is the biggest threat to humanity and why in general, anything? Uh, probably ourselves, power, people wanting more, so much power. I mean, like nowadays, no one, like everyone can't have enough money. For example, everyone drives to have more power. There's always, there's so many competitions within like, like for like different types of people, there's it's competition. I, uh, like, for example, like these guys on Minnetonka, like I always think it's funny uh, Lord Fletcher's, it's like this restaurant on the lake okay. where you drive your boats up to it on Lake Minnetonka. And I see these guys, like they've got these big yachts and I, I kid you not, like they'll pull up on their big yacht right in the front and then they'll just stand on it. They'll get drinks ordered to them and they'll just stand and just look, like just look at everyone. And it's like, they, like they want to be seen as a person that like has a lot of money and they like that aspect of it. You get what I'm saying, kind of? Yeah, I understand that. And you wonder, I wonder anyway, like what got them to that point? Like what in their life made them to the point that they need that much? You know? Exactly. Like they almost, they like want to, they want people to know like, like that I got a lot of money. Like there ain't no question about it. Like when you pull up to the front row and you just like stand there, like they don't even get food. They just stand on the top of their yacht. Like, you doing, dude? Like, some we get a, some self awareness, buddy. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think it's hilarious. I'm just, I had seen it so many just times roasting them. Oh, well, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, they've got two of their friends up there. They're just sitting there having drinks, looking at everyone. It's like, just buzz off. If you want to come eat, could jump off your yacht and come grab some drinks and some food. You don't got to stand on the top and make sure you're knowing that, oh, I'm a big roller around here. But there's a lot of people like that everywhere. Don't matter where you go, they're there. Speaking of uh, kind of wanting to make yourself known, um, do you think that social media has been a net positive or a net negative for humanity in general? I mean, I uh, obviously for like, like there's been that there's always there's now problems with like kids nowadays. I think that's like the biggest part where it almost like scares me with social media. Like for like, let's just say like my kids in the future, like, like there's kids get like images now of what they should be. And uh, like they see like, for example, like 16 year old girls that look like they're 30 years old and it's like you're 16 and then girls like they almost like look down on themselves for the way they might look maybe you're skinny maybe you are a little bigger than what but that's just i don't kids nowadays don't understand that like you you are who you are like no one really likes how you are nowadays especially the younger age in my opinion I don't think it's, I think it really could be negative in the future towards the society. There's just so much judging going on on social media. And it's almost like, I think it's funny. Like 
like for example like obviously like politic wise like you only see what you want to see on yeah. like 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 for example tiktok like i don't see things that i don't want to see on there and that's just how it is and i think it resolves it creates people to just even more like hate on the other side of everything because all they see is what they want to see and not they're not getting like the other side of it for sure i think it's an extremely uh extremely big issue that I don't, it's gotten more publicity as of late but i think it's still underrated and that like yeah you're literally people wonder why it's so divisive now no it's not it's not trump it's not hillary like everyone looks back at the 2016 election as kind of the start of it well yeah what was also in 2016 like social media these social medias were absolutely exploding and yeah. it's it's not to blame all of it because there's obviously extreme positives that happen because of that like we can connect to people think of what we're doing right now exactly. in social exactly. media necessarily but yeah you have to look at the fact of like okay if people are constantly in their own like thought bubbles essentially of just reiterating their own thoughts their own thoughts their own thoughts they're either going to a start to think that everyone thinks like them or b realize that others don't and then not like those people and when you exactly get to the point we're at now where like families are like being like split up because of politics is like dude yeah all these politicians are corrupt like are you serious? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It blows my mind how people can be like that. Like, have you seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix? Yeah. Like, that made me want to delete everything off my phone. Like, that, actually, that, that scared me. I actually did delete everything off my phone after that for, like, six <laughs> yeah, months. I could see you doing that, yeah. I, I, now yeah. I have them back because what I run into the struggle with is like, I obviously love entrepreneurship and like wanting to do things like podcasts or like make a business and advertising is so efficient on yes. social media. So like I need to have them and then I want to have them. But then at the same time, like I, I have to stop myself from going on them and they're extremely addictive. Like the dopamine hits yeah. you get from just scrolling through, seeing things you like or getting recognition on whatever it may be like, it's a hundred percent fact, biological fact. So like it's, it's, it is addictive. And like people oh, need to realize that too. It's ridiculously addictive. Like you can see like, like, like I listened to like Zeke's when you, Zeke was on and he was saying like, like he caught himself like checking his phone at family dinner or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's a, that's being, Obviously, like he caught it, and it's and it's like, but like I find myself doing it all the time. Well, like, it's, when we it's being addicted. Yeah, like when we were at Pizza Ranch, I think when you know we can't have phones and uh and uh when we're on team dinners, and like I caught myself like my phone would vibrate, and I would like like almost reach for my pocket. I'm like, Shh, crap! Like I got to put that back in my pocket. Like, well, I reached I reached to my pocket after I was done eating, and my phone wasn't even in my pocket; it was on the bus, and I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> that's funny yeah i know but it's it's just the way that we've grown up and i i, I it's gonna get worse it's just gonna get worse and worse it's it's crazy do you think uh cancel culture drives people apart um and causes more issues than if everyone were to just like say freely say what's on their mind and you know p kind of piss people off directly instead of just canceling them yeah i mean the, I just think there's no 
in our world today, there is no such thing as like, like uh, pissing each other off, like saying something because there's, there's like consequences you pay. Like you can say getting canceled, but like, I, for example, I remember like uh, when the Trump Hillary uh, thing was going on in our high school, smaller high school. So uh, obviously it was a big topic with, uh, I mean, dipsticks running around saying this and that about different parties or whatever. And uh, like it, it got to a point where I know like one girl and one guy, like she was like going to try and sue him for like, like uh, what he was doing in school. Like, I don't know. It's just people can't like have fun with that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's like the wild west of a whole new territory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. I mean, I'm not like it all. Obviously we all have our different opinions, but uh, there's just so many people that like just a extreme hatred for if you don't think the way they think, which yeah doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but just the way it is now. What would you uh, tell a kid that the key to happiness is? If you could just describe or pick kind of one sort of idea or concept, one Oof. thing. I don't know. Key to happiness. Um, hmm. Maybe just enjoy. I don't know. Just enjoy. Just knowing. I would say like growing up is a big thing where you don't like you take for granted a lot of the things that you grew up doing like now like now i think about like like i would go back to high school in a new york minute like personally just because like the relationships you develop and going to high school every day and being with your friends all the time it's sort of like college baseball like right now like one day you won't have that like and you take it for granted now like we like you kind of bitch about, oh, we've got practice late today, blah, blah, blah. Like this is bullshit. But then one day you're going to look back and you're going to be like, wow, those were like, those were fun moments. Like going to the jet, going to the Alaris till 10 o'clock at night. Like, like, yeah, that you just kind of take those moments for granted, which I think that would be one thing is just not take Living your life for granted. Yeah. Like, live it up no matter what you're doing live it up because one day you're not going to have that anymore which is kind of like a deep thought in a way but at the end of the day it's true like we grow up you grow up so quick and one day you're gonna we're gonna be working jobs every day not doing any fun things with our buddies like like we get to do now so it's pretty 100 like i still think back at high school and i can remember my uh, freshman, after my eighth grade year of basketball, so I, I was able to, small town once again, obviously, and I was able to play varsity. Uh, I didn't play a lot, but I got like garbage time minutes my eighth grade year. And I remember thinking after that season was done, I was like, you know, my goal was to be the, like, to score like 1,500 or 2,000 points. Like, and I was just remember, I literally remember standing where I was at in the gym after the season was over. And I was just thinking to myself, like, dude, I got four more years left. Yeah. And now I am in my third year of college and I look back and I'm like all those times, you know, I, I, I'm thankful because I was, you know, pushed a, a fair amount, like in a good way, uh, for the most part, I would say pushed to, you know, put an extra work and I would always, you know, get extra shots up, do extra work and like baseball as well, like try and get better. 
But I would just tell people, like, if you really love it, if you don't, like, that's one thing. But find what you do really enjoy in high school and exactly. work at it. Like, I don't regret exactly. a, a single – I regret not – the mornings I slept in and I didn't go and lift or I didn't go and shoot. Like, I regret those way more than I regret, like, going in and shooting or getting extra work in. Exactly. Get better. Exactly. Um, um, yeah, anything else? One thing go ahead. I would want to bring up, yeah, is uh, you were saying, like, uh, about, like, the future and, uh, like, with kids nowadays that are growing up, like, you were saying, like, you got to play varsity eighth grade or whatever. Yeah. And I remember when I got to play my first varsity hockey game when I was a freshman. And I remember, like, sitting on the bench and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I probably played two shifts all game, probably 20 second shifts all game. But I was like, this is awesome. And I remember my senior year, there were parents that their kids were they were like the fourth line younger kids and they were literally bitching about their kids weren't playing because they were, but like, for me, I was like, those were one of the best moments ever. Like just like seeing the game, like as a freshman kid in high school, I'm like, this is awesome. But like nowadays kids don't see it that way. And that's, I mean, obviously there's some that probably do, but I think that's another thing that shifted way way away from sports like that is like now like people just want their kids to play it's not like the bigger picture of like you got to sit on the varsity bench as an eighth grader like you in basketball like like that was probably so awesome to you and it didn't even matter how much you were playing for sure i remember my seventh grade year actually i never played junior high for basketball uh my seventh grade year i got brought up to jv and it it kind of sucked in ways because I didn't play very much at all. Like I had my you know my whole life I was oh going up to that like I'm talking like elementary school like I was the best player like scoring stuff like that. And then I got to brought up to JV my seventh grade year, and it, I didn't hardly play that much. Like didn't get and I didn't get to play in junior high games because they were we'd be in different locations. But sure. the bus rides. Like I, I will forever remember the bus rides in seventh grade, eighth grade, getting to be with the older guys and that oh, stuff. Like that. that's literally like that was my some of my favorite moments of the entire season and exactly. then like of high school. Like and how could you? It makes me wonder if it's the parents more, if it's the kids complaining to the parents who then complain about the playing time, exactly, or if it's just the parents. I think wanting it's like, their kid. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's a great question to me, but I know it happens a lot with kids nowadays like that. Like I couldn't, I remember hearing about that, like when I was a senior in high school and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like just thinking back, like I've said, when I like, I lived up those moments because it was cool to me. It's just like, for example, like this year in baseball, like, like me and you were kind of, we're on the, we're like kind of the same, like you traveled to, to run bases for the team and I did too like we are kind of the same way but like mm-hmm. we we liked that aspect of it like we did whatever we needed to do to just cuz we you want to travel with the team and whatever you got to do to do it you do it and yeah. no matter sometimes it is shitty but at the end of the day you like I look back on it and I was like going from a kid we both have been kids that played their whole life even when I was at Juco I played every game there but like, I think there's a lot of egos that take over there. Where oh, I should I should be playing, 
like over this guy. This is this isn't right. Blah blah blah. You know. For sure. Yeah, I think it's it's, and I think you have to have both. You know, like we've like you said, we've both had the experience of kind of like being the guy, probably, and whether it was high school or you know even younger, like. I guess not everyone grows up in a really small town like like I. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but you know, you also you, you're at least one of the dudes, right? And then you have the experience of being, you know, you're not necessarily one of the dudes. Like you're you're on the team and like you're traveling still, but like you, you got to find other ways to contribute. And I think that's one of the things that honestly, I feel like that's one of the things that our program at Kirkston like preaches really well. Is honestly, just yeah. like, I don't know, finding a way to contribute that i don't know and at the end of the day dude it's just fun being with the boys man exactly exactly like obviously um, everyone wants to play but you do what you can and and then you grind if you really fun. want to you put in the work and come back yeah. better you know exactly right last uh last question i got for you here and, and take some time to think about if you want but uh <laughs> what is what is the meaning of life to you and how, uh, how do you kind of want to be remembered? Would you say maybe not after you die, but at least like, I don't know. How do you want to be remembered? I guess. Jeez. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, that's deep feeling. Um, Always get deep at the end, man. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. Just being happy every day, do what you love every day. Uh, Taking one day at a time, one hour at a time, don't matter what's going on tomorrow. Just take what you what you got today and uh, live it to your best of your ability. And uh, for me, I just want to be known as a guy that's uh, typically just like a good person to be around. Like I've always kind of uh, wanted myself to be that way. Like, like I like when people like enjoy being around me and that's just like not putting on a fake, like faking to get people like me, just being myself always. I've never been a person to change the way I am. I've always been myself, no matter what, if people like it or not, that's just how I am. And that's how I'll always be. I don't, I mean, as a kid and I've always been a smaller kid, obviously in high school. And uh, I didn't like, I didn't like try and dress good to, look good in high school whatever i uh it's just how i was if people wanted to give me sh- shit for it or i didn't care like that's just me you'll give it right but, back dude yeah exactly yeah i've uh i kind of I wasn't always like that but kind of at the end of the day i remember like high school these older kids that are like my good buddies now that uh i think the reason why they liked me is because they would pick, they would kind of pick on me in high school a little bit. I was smaller. They'd kind of like, they'd like to shove me around a little bit, but I would get up every time. I wouldn't go tell my parents when I got home, uh, like a lot of kids did. And, uh, they liked me for that. Like I just the mentality of like, okay. Like I remember, for example, one kid, I was walking down the hallway, seventh grade. He's one of my really good buddies now. And I was walking by him and he just, I was walking and he just shoved me against the locker. I just hit the locker and fell down. I got up, I looked back at him, I just kept walking. And uh, I feel like those kids like that look for like reactions, which uh, out. and I think that's the reason why they like me now so much. They kind of, it's almost like a test for uh, how I'd react to them in that aspect of it. Like I didn't go tell the, my teacher about it, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, basically 
Live in the moment. Uh, be yourself. Uh, I mean, that's that's what it is. Kind of, it's a hard question. Honestly, for sure. But, but uh, yeah, I would say that. Don't take anything you got for granted because it could get a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that note, um, I thought this was an awesome episode. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. That, that mentality yeah, is part of the reason that I wanted you on, dude, because you're interesting and people <laughs> like you, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. It was fun. And all I got to say is you ever get a chance to come to Spicer, Minnesota, get here because it's a time. This summer, it's happening, dude. Yeah, exactly. Spicer is nicer for everyone that's going to listen to this. Spicer is nicer. All right. I'll see Spicer you is nicer. All right. See you, Matt.